0: Uh, Hey everyone, welcome to the Good News Podcast. In today's episode, we have two very special guests, uh, a dynamic duo, a a mother-daughter, daughter-mother, Allie, McGregor and her mother, Sheila McGregor. And many of you may know Allie. Allie's been on here before. She's certainly a part of our our church community here at NBUC. Her mother is a minister and and amazing the relationship that we're going to get into. So I can't wait for you to hear this one. We're also going to talk about what it means to find purpose in life at all ages and all generations. This one is really exciting. It's deep and personal really quickly. Let's dive in. Well, hi everybody. Welcome to the Good News Podcast and so glad you could join us for this episode. We have two very special guests with us today, Sheila McGregor and Allie McGregor. Mother, daughter, daughter, mother and uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, two very, very special people in my life and and also you're going to be inspired and encouraged by what both of them have to share. I know, I know you will. But I thought a good place to start would be just this relationship that you have as mother, daughter, a daughter, mother, because it is, it's, it's it's special from what I see and, and hear from both of you. So, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know who wants to go first. <laughs> so we'll let you guys decide that, but uh, yeah, I'd love to hear just a bit about your relationship and uh, and what makes it special.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I can, I can start. Um, I think what's really special about my relationship with my mom is that I find my mom to be one of the most inspiring people in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's Mm. uh, awesome. My mom is a United Church minister. So I've grown up in the church. um, And that means that I've grown up watching someone live out their true purpose, their true calling. Mm -hmm. Um, Mom, I remember you explaining to me the difference between a job and a vocation at a very young age. Mm. Um, so that's, um, I think a little bit different than what a lot of people see their parents doing. I don't know that everyone is privileged to live out their calling, Mm. um, in such a powerful way. Um, but I've also been privileged to see a woman in leadership, Mm. which has been, um, I think really formative for me as a person. Um, Yeah, my mom is just a really awesome person. Um, She's the first person I go to, her and my dad, of course. um, Whenever I have um, anything exciting to tell or a question or a concern, um, both my parents are just a really great sounding board for anything that goes on in my life. And I think I'm special because I'm my mom's first child. So Mm -hmm. I'm the one that made my mom a mom. (laughs) (laughs) And I was reflecting today that I'm the same age my mom was uh, when she had me. Wow. Um, and that perspective has really, how I see my mom has changed as I've gotten older. Mm,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sheila, you know, I'd love to have you express your, your, you know, how you feel about your daughter there in the special relationship. How do you, how do you, before you do, if I could, what's it like to hear what you just heard? That that's pretty cool for uh, a daughter to
2: express as uh, I, I'm not sure I, I lived up to all of that. so it was it was pretty humbling to hear that. <laughs> um, but I, I think it works both ways too. I mean uh, we learn so much from our children. Mm-hmm. and of course in, in recent years, I have turned to Alexandra for guidance and advice on a number of things uh, related to my ministry. Uh, to my writing. Uh, Alexandra uh, read the whole book that I wrote several times over, probably more than she wanted to, um, to offer suggestions and feedback and um, how to make my writing stronger, but also uh, reflecting on the faith that was expressed there and she was a great encouragement with the boomer ministry too. And, uh, especially with boomer fest, you were very involved in that. And, um, yeah. And, uh, so now I feel like I'm being fed more by Alexandra and by her example of, of faith and, uh, uh, the, the uh, the deep personal faith that she has come to in in Christ uh, and this wonderful uh, spiritual maturity that I I see in her and the beautiful young woman that she has become not just on the outside but on the inside too so that's been exciting to watch for both her dad and me. Mm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Well, the the faith piece that you both share is definitely a, a significant uh, part of, of 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 what I hear you talking about your relationship. Seeing that in each other, growing in your own relationship with God as you see each other grow, how yeah, how is that a, a part of your relationship, and and what is the significance of? of faith being a part of of your relationship the the what you see in each other's faith how you how you share that with each other um you've kind of alluded to that Pat, a little bit as you said what's special so i'd love to hear more about about that uh, mm-hmm.
1: yeah i mean mom it's it's no secret you're an amazing teacher um and you're very intellectual and and academic and learned and and you love history and i think you've passed a lot of those things on to me um i'm i'm very curious about my faith i'm really uh, open to learning as much as possible. And mom, I can't remember exactly when you said this to me, but I remember you telling me like, God gave you a brain for a reason. Um, Hmm. and not to just blindly, uh, believe things, but really investigate. And I remember even in high school, um, some, some difficult things happened and, um, I was really wrestling with my faith Mm -hmm. and wrestling with why God would let certain things happen. And, and I, I think I expressed that I felt kind of bad questioning God. And you talked about how there's this uh, strong tradition in the Jewish faith of like rabbis wrestling with their faith. And that's actually an act of faith. It's part of living out mm-hmm. your faith is to ask God those questions mm-hmm. and be inquisitive. Um, so definitely you've modeled that for me. And and you've always been a safe place for me to ask questions. Um because I, I don't think we'll ever have all the answers. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, and having that permission has been has been really great. The other thing that I see in both mm-hmm. my parents um is living out your faith as servant leadership. Mm. Both my parents are so generous and so giving. Um, and they'll go to the ends of the earth. Uh, they love to serve. Um, and just seeing that being so integral to your values, I think has had a, a huge impact on me personally. Mm, mm.
0: Oh, cool. Awesome. And Shel, how about you as you think about seeing God growing in, in Allie's
2: life, in Alexandra's life? Yeah. Well, I, I'm just amazed at the amount that she has taken on both, you know, in her uh, work life, but also that um, uh, she makes significant time for her faith life uh, to study personally, like to to read the Bible, to reflect on it, to read other authors' Um, to share, uh, like, it's just been so exciting to watch Alexandra preach, you know, you've given her some marvelous opportunities, Jamie, uh, to share her faith uh, in the Sunday services, and that was really exciting to see, you know, um, and I'm not sure I would have been as comfortable uh, as Alexandra was um, uh, without having, you know, Gone to seminary and and had to you know do internships with somebody um, in the church, um, but just she seems to be really quite a natural at it. So we're very proud of her. But we we also understand too that uh, the spirit is is definitely working through her. And and you know you've been an important mentor to her, and uh, I love the way you identify. Um, gifts in in people. and that's something I wish I had done more of in my ministry because I think we're called to uh, encourage discipleship and witness uh, and service in in others and to I identify those who may have particular gifts for for ministry, whether that's, you know, as full-time professional or or, you know, part-time volunteer
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah well uh it's uh it's one of the easiest jobs in the world to encourage someone like Ali she's so good she's <laughs> so gifted and so able and it's just and it's been so much fun working together and, and 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 just talking together praying together getting to know each other at so many levels and yeah I I, I so it's it's a pleasure it's so so much I, I just you talk about preaching and you know and and um it's interesting because it is. It, it's it's something that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of the Holy Spirit's leading, as you say, Sheila. And and so I'm I'm just. It would be kind of fun to hear how it works, so Ali. When you're you know you've done this several times over this over this past year, and praise God, I know you're you're in for doing more, which is awesome. I I mean, in our house, like as often through COVID, we've been worshiping at home. We're back at the church now. But when our, in our house, when when there was a service coming on and, and Allie was preaching, it was so awesome to hear our kids say, oh, cool, Allie's preaching today, right? Because <laughs> Allie's a younger person and speaks, you know, in a way that they hear differently from, you know, their dad or whatever it might be. So, so like, it's uh, I'm, I'm 100% in, you know, but I think it's awesome. But, but I'm wondering, like, you know, when you're preparing for a message, Allie, um, what's, you know, you, you've seen your mom, you know, throughout your life. But what's your interaction like with your mom? Do you go to your mom for support? Do you toss out ideas? Like, what's the process? What's the interaction between the two of you um, on a you know on a Sunday where you're preaching? And then and then she'd love to hear from you after Ali on what is it really like to watch your dog like what's going on how are you feeling what are you thinking Um, uh, what's happening for for you and your husband as as you watch Allie preach uh, on a Sunday morning yeah okay love to love to t- chat about this event
1: well I'll, I'll go back to the first time you asked me Jamie to prepare a message and um I've said this many times if you go back and, and watch that video you can tell how nervous I was <laughs> um <laughs> I I was Yeah, I was very nervous, not only about um, the message that I was relaying and making sure that it was clear, mm. that it was accurate, that it was well received by just general people watching it, but living up to like my mom mm. <laughs> was um, a little bit of pressure that I put on myself, um, but I, I do always ask my mom for her insights Um, And my mom always points me in the direction of so many great resources Mm -hmm. and and helps me see things from different angles that I might not have thought about. And um, mom, another thing that you're really great about is sharing illustrations and stories to help make the the story more easily understood Um, because these are ancient stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you read the Bible, uh, you're reading it and there's like four or five sentences and they're like, that's it. That's the story. And if you're reading it as a 21st century person, you're like, really? That's Mm -hmm. it. There's gotta be more to it than Mm -hmm. that. Um, Mm -hmm. so mom, you're always so great about helping me find illustrations that help draw out the meaning in a way that modern day people can understand. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but it's a tough act to follow. It's a really (laughs) tough act to follow.
0: (laughs) Well, I love, I love the humility of both of you. That's awesome. And Sheila, yeah. What's it like for you guys to watch Allie in action, if you will, as she does speaking on on a Sunday morning, especially. Yeah.
2: Well, it's very exciting. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing as as you know, Jamie, that the one hope that you have as a parent is that uh your children will continue in the faith and and find ways to to deepen that faith that it, you know, because um God has no grandchildren, we we each have to come to God um ourselves and God receives us. But um but so that that's been wonderful to see that faith lived out and and shared so in so eloquently and and Alexandra is so articulate too and um and you know i I learned from her messages uh, like a lot like you know she's she's become her own person too, and has developed her own style her own ministry her own calling her own voc- mm-hmm. vocation and um so it's it's nice for us to know that that we planted the seed and the seed has has grown um, but um you know uh, I think that um the Holy Spirit has has watered and fed and nurtured yeah. that and and also um the other people that alexandra has has come into contact in her life have um had a powerful influence on her mm-hmm. so um that she has her own unique style of preaching and i know she very much looks up to you as a mentor jamie and i think that has inspired her her faith life and and prayer life too
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow. If I could just add to yeah. that, actually, mm-hmm. when you talk about seeds, mom, I'm, I was just thinking how you're doing this series for the podcast about Christmas traditions and what's really important to you. And I was just thinking like something that's really important to me for Christmas is that I, I'm a t- a- I attend church mm. um, because that was such a big part of growing up mm-hmm. um, in our family. And, And even like the rituals of the church, like celebrating Advent, like you don't realize how big of an impact things like that have on Mm -hmm. you until you're much older. And, and then you kind of, they feel like coming home. Mm -hmm. Um, And related Mm -hmm, to that, we've been blessed with so many amazing people in all the churches my mom has served that have Mm -hmm. been like extended family for mm-hmm. us. And I'm thinking about the Sunday school teachers that my brothers and I had mm-hmm. growing up at Thorndale and Zion and just people we're still connected to. We're still connected to the parents. We're connected to the cool. kids and, and going to any church feels like home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really think that's because of the people who mm-hmm. made it feel like home.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So true. Hey seeds being planted. Um, Sheila, you, you said a line that, that, that love to, 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 um, have you just talk a bit more about, if if you wouldn't mind, that God has no grandchildren. That that's that's powerful. Like, tell us a bit more about what what you mean by that, and yeah, just just what what's behind that because it's it's that's a significant statement, I think.
2: Yeah, well, I think I think that we can and must uh, introduce our children to the faith, mm. to a way of life, um, a way of discipleship. Uh, but um, but at the end of the day, each child, each person has to come to God uh, on their own. So I cannot believe for Alexandra, yeah. just like um, clergy cannot uh, be Christian for their congregation. Like, mm-hmm. like sometimes, sometimes with a few people, it doesn't happen very often, but you sometimes get the feeling, I remember a colleague of mine saying that, um he, he thought that um, the people were paying him to be Christian for them.
1: Mm.
2: Uh, you know, and and likewise we can't be Christian for our children. Mm. We can only model a way of faith and hope that um, it takes root and and grows um much more deeply. Uh, you know, even far beyond what we've been able to uh, accomplish or or model. You know, each each person has to come to Christ on his or her own.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but the family is is central and important, and so is the church family. Like Alexandra mentioned, she, uh, the children had wonderful Sunday school teachers. Um, you know, when we were at Thorndale, Zion, when we were in Seaforth and Crediton and and certainly our, our youngest child, you know, at Siloam, he was pretty young when we went there. Um, and, and they've got to meet so many people who have been part of their extended family, which has been really nice because um, most of their, well, all of their cousins uh, live overseas. Mm. Uh, and when we served in small rural farming communities, uh, their friends all had rela- had all their grandparents and cousins and brothers and sisters all around them. Uh, we didn't have that, but we had something that was just as wonderful. We had our family.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. It, well, hey, look what's happened. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, j- just one more on this one. I could, what are some of the things that you had tried to do as a family, as a parent, Sheila, to create that space where, like, I absolutely agree, People have to come to their own. They have to own their own decisions around following Jesus and, and what they believe and those kinds of things. It's quite a process for most of us to get there. And there is that separation from our parents at some point to come to our own understanding and, and, and belief. Um, but as parents, as you said, we we do what we can to try to expose or create an atmosphere where, where that can be, um, can be experienced as, as, as our kids are growing up. What are some of the things that you did to help foster that? And it'd be be cool to hear from both of you on on that and see what, you know, We might have some different different memories of what those things are
2: and what was important. Mm -hmm. Well, we were always uh, very involved uh, in the life of the church. So I had lots of youth groups when they were young Um, and uh, we did extended uh, things as part of the Sunday school, whether it was a sleigh ride and then back to somebody's house. Um, Prayer was also important uh, uh, before each meal and also at bedtime. And uh, the kids, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day in preparation for today. Um, You know, Alexandra often came with me when I was uh, doing pastoral visits. If she wasn't in school or, you know, had a day off or something, um i would take her to to visit people in the congregation i did that with the others too to some extent and uh or take her to a nursing home service uh there was one uh week she helped me out with a funeral and she was only oh my goodness um well she would only have been about 8 or 9 i think wow that's uh, great she, she read <laughs> Scripture lessons at the at the funeral. She had met the lady. I, I'm not even sure whether you would remember her now, Alexandra, because you were pretty little. But we went to her apartment a couple of times, and you visited with her. And um, she always loved to see her. And, um, and so when it came time to do her service, Alexandra read the scriptures. And she wasn't very old. I do remember that. And she would, <laughs> this maybe wasn't quite as... Um, as faith-nurturing, but uh, she would sometimes come to presbytery meetings with me, too. Uh, so, uh, there was... <laughs> and, and, yes, and London conference, you did come to that. So, you know, you were kind of immersed into uh, the the life of the church. And then, you see, we lived in Manses for the first 14 and a half years of Alexandra's life. So the first few years my office was right in the manse and then the rest of the years it was across just across the road or across the driveway the my office you know in the church um, and um, even when Alexandra was very little I remember I remember being on the phone uh, in my office with someone and she had a little kitchen set that was in my office that had a little phone and I looked over at her and I saw her. She was on the phone and she had, was imitating everything no I way. said. Oh and, my goodness. And she laughed at the same points that I laughed. And, you know, it was really... Oh, that's <laughs>
1: great.
2: Yeah. So um, <laughs> there, there were other traditions that I think I... I mean, I think it was we did try to do... Um, the Advent candle liturgy at home each week, but they also did it at church. Um, And uh, I also made a point of celebrating St. Nicholas day uh, with the kids and um, we would leave, I would leave the, you know, the chocolate coins in their boots or socks or whatever. What I had hoped to do, I was hoping to actually separate the whole thing of Santa Claus and St. Nicholas okay. uh, from Christmas. But, you know, it it was pretty hard in our culture to yeah. do that. But um, but I think coming to church on Christmas Eve and and also every Sunday of the year meant that they got the whole cycle of the Bible stories, the lectionary, Whereas I do notice more and more that some of the younger children, they might get a couple of weeks at Christmas time and that's all they think mm-hmm. Jesus is about. They don't. And you had a little book, I remember too, that you, a little children's Bible book that you read from um, beginning to end when you were quite young. Mm. And, and we had Bible videos that the children watched all the time. They were a good source of. Uh, Of Bible knowledge,
1: Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. I think I got the
1: singing Bible.
2: Oh yes, we had the singing Bible, which we sang from here to to uh, Ottawa and back. (laughs) 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 We were tired of the songs, but and Joseph and the Coat of Many Colors. But yeah, so there were things that we did do, Um, things I wish that we had done more of. But you know. Life in the church as as you know is crazy and you're you're called out at all times of the day and night. I remember one Sunday, Christmas day in Seaforth and the children were all little. Alexandra, you would have maybe been about 12. And I had to go back and forth between the nursing home and the hospital because I had two people who were who were dying. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's when it perhaps hit home for Alexandra that, you know, this is this is not just a mm-hmm. you know, nine to five job Monday through Friday. Um, you need to be available to people uh, when they need you. And mm-hmm. especially in those uh, milestones and crisis points in their mm-hmm. life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Sheila. I just uh, love the, the. It, it's cool as you reflect it, the, the things keep coming to mind. There's probably lots more things. It's hard to remember sometimes all we've done, but what I hear underneath all of it beyond the details is there was a heart that you and your husband have had, Ali's dad, to to bring Christ into your kids' lives as best as you could. And you did all that you could to help foster that. Uh, Allie, I'd love to hear, you know, I saw you nodding and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that, you know, so, you know, maybe piggyback some of that. But I but also wanted to leave the door open because sometimes being a minister's child, like, like can be hard and and sometimes there can be barriers to faith. Um, because of that so just to just to be real about about those pieces as well Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it's funny mom as you were reflecting you were bringing back memories of things I'd forgotten like I forgot that I used to go with you to all those visitations like pastoral care visits and yeah that was really formative I I do remember that quite vividly
0: reading when you were eight years old at a funeral no wonder you can get up and speak at this age I don't remember that
1: (laughs) but I believe it happened I I just don't remember (laughs) it Um, yeah. And, and mom tried to make church fun for, for Mm -hmm. the kids and the youth. I do remember doing the, the sleigh rides and, um, doing the, there was a Christmas event and we, we did like all these different little stops at someone's farm and each, each little vignette was some part of the Christmas story. And there were real animals and people dressed up as like Jesus and his family. And, and that was all very, like, it was, it was really fun. Um, vacation Bible school. I looked forward to that every single year. So yeah, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of fun parts of, of being, of growing up in the church. Um, the part my mom just mentioned is probably the most challenging part of being Mm -hmm. a minister's kid. Um, and being a minister, I think is that it's not a, it's not a nine to five job. Um, it's hard to quantify everything that you do. Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard sometimes to plan ahead because you don't really know what's going to happen in your parishioners lives. Um, I remember when people would find out as a kid that my mom was a minister. They always had this idea in their head of seventh heaven, mm. um, and they also seemed to limit the show, the, the, right? Yeah, the show. the show, yeah, yeah. yeah from the nineties. Which, anyway, <laughs> um, and then they would also seem to think that my mom's job was just preaching on Sundays. Even adults would say to me like, "Oh yeah, your mom, she works Sundays." And I always corrected them. I was like, no, my mom works a lot more than that. Um, It's (laughs) not just preaching on Sundays. There's a whole lot more to it. Um, And I think that was sometimes difficult, but that was also part of what attracted me Mm. to the career as well. There was Mm. a period of time where I thought about becoming a minister. I still toy with Mm -hmm. it from now, Mm -hmm. from time to time, Um, but it's the variety My mom and you get Mm -hmm. to do so many cool things, Mm -hmm. like such a variety of things, public speaking, teaching, things like this, Mm -hmm. this podcast, writing, um, visiting with people, Mm -hmm. encouraging people, counseling. Um, I'm sure I'm missing like, you know, 90% uh, 90 of the things that you do Mm -hmm. on a a weekly basis, but there's just so much variety. The role is so all encompassing and it touches so many areas of people's lives Mm -hmm. um, because that's the way faith should be it's not just something that happens on Sunday at 9am yeah. for an hour. Mm-hmm. It's something that you live out. And that's what I see you doing, Jamie. Mm-hmm. That's what I see my mom doing. Um, I can think of so many other people at this church and at the churches that mm-hmm. I've grown up at, mm-hmm. that their faith is, is how they live their life. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny what you've just named is, is I, 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 I I, I suspect you are the same, Sheila. Um and, and even why you do what you're doing, uh, both in your life but also in the ministry that you're you know I mean, is the word transformation comes to mind as you're talking. I, I just have not seen any other way to be so involved in God's transforming work and, and and just the life change that we see. And you know, we always like to say transformed people, transform the world. And and there's just a, a work of God in that that is just like I just I just I've never gotten bored being a part of, you know, both living it myself, but also enabling others to join that, that adventure. And uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting, which actually I think is a good lead into one of things we really want to talk about today. And that is um, this, this amazing opportunity Sheila that you've had to go public um, with the globe and mail and with some other avenues as, as, as well around uh, boomers in particular and experience that kind of discipleship and life transformation and, and how um that certainly is a stage of life. We'll talk bit more about how that impacts all stages of life, but but that stage of life in particular that you've had um, expertise in and that you've been uh, focused on, just that 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 that's a that's that's really what's at at the heart of that is the transformation in people's lives as as as, as, as a life of faith as followers of Jesus. Um, let's backtrack a little, Sheila. How did how did you come to be a part of this interview with the Globe and Mail? I know that led to some other things. Um, yeah, that that's kind of cool that happened. And what, what what has been what has been happening through that? What's that What's that all been about? I think there's a whole bunch of work underneath that that you've been doing for years. Love to hear a bit about that. We'll kind of go from there. Yeah.
2: Um, well, I guess maybe about eight or ten years ago, I I began to become interested in um, boomers because that's the generation I am. And uh, their faith and where they were. Mm -hmm. I did start to notice some boomers coming back to church. Many had left, not all of them, but many had left even after having grown up in the church. Uh, They went off uh, rejecting maybe not so much the faith, but uh, the institution of church and uh, doctrine, you know. And now they're starting to come back, and and some of it is related to time, the spaciousness of time. They have maybe more time available if they're retired or if they're empty nesters, and um, so they're they're at a stage now where you know. Um, the end is not some <laughs> far away thing. Like, I mean, hopefully it's still a little ways away, but it's, it's a lot closer than it is for, you know, Alexandra's generation. And, um, so they're, they're asking questions about, you know, what is my legacy? Um, what have I accomplished in my life? What, uh, am I being called to do? Now that my children are grown and gone, now that um, maybe I'm retired, um, where is God calling me to serve? How? And, and the other big question is an identity question. Who am I now without the job? Mm-hmm. Job title and the staff or the colleagues at work. Who am I uh, without uh, the children at home, um, you know, uh, so there's a lot of questions around identity mm. and and calling and vocation, and those are all questions that the church is uniquely qualified mm. to uh, respond to. I think, and and I think we are being called uh, to to reach out to this uh, demographic. And I think the other thing is that boomers have always wanted to make a difference. They always have wanted their lives to matter and, uh, they're bringing with them a, a wealth of, of, um, experience and knowledge and information and, and, uh, practical, uh, skills from their working lives, from their parenting lives. And many of them are still, you know, healthy and, uh, have a pension or savings so that they have that time available, and they're looking for some way to make a difference in their community. And I think that churches and faith communities that are able to help them find their vocation, their calling, their a way to serve God, will, will experience uh, growth and, and blessing. I think they will be blessed by Boomers. They will also be a blessing to boomers. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I think too is that you know we we have to find different ways of um, doing older adult ministry. Uh, it has to be more than you know um, the traditional style of Bible study, bus trips, and bingo. Um, mm-hmm. It has to be something that that challenges folks to really think about and reflect on their faith. And to be the church. I, mm-hmm. I think that boomers will come to church, but they don't want to just sit there and be fed. They want to have an opportunity to question and study. And they want to, they want to be the church. They want to do church. So they'll get involved in, um, like we have a, a large urban garden project, which many of the boomers were very involved in. They plowed the land, they mm-hmm. planted and so on. Um, and also engaged in bringing refugee families to Canada, working with the food bank um, uh, and on, on teams to help reduce homelessness and build homes for uh, people who are without. So, so they want to, they really want to do the mission of the church Mm -hmm. and and they've got the gifts and skills, and in many cases, the time and resources uh, to be able to to do that. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. that that's uh, that, that's very exciting. You know, isn't that that's the gospel, isn't it? That's living into who Jesus invites us to be, and people are experiencing purpose and new life as as they do that. What has been your experience, both in trying to bring that about and foster that, but also you've shared it in some pretty public places as far as the Globe and Mail. And I forget the name of the, um, there was a documentary on TV.
1: Now TV. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty. Yes. yes, TV.
1: yes. yes, TV. yes TV. Yes. TV. Yes. TV. Yeah. 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 Thanks,
0: Mom. yeah yes. TV. <laughs> um, yeah. Those were pretty public settings where you were invited in to just share that um I was really inspired by the way you did that and having a platform like that so how is, how is it being lived out as far as in your own church there and what are what are some some you've mentioned a couple of examples which, which is great but also what was the impact on sharing that so publicly I, I just really love that you were god blessed you with that platform to, to do that and 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 yeah that, that's
2: really awesome mm-hmm. well I mean I think um I think people uh w- were able to feel ownership in and a certain pride in the work they had done because one of the, on the yes TV program, they actually took some video footage from our urban garden and some of the people who were involved in that. And um, so, you know, that was kind of cool for them to see their, this labor of love that they'd spent months and months on and, you know, produced 3,000 pounds of, of fresh vegetables and fruit for people. And, and we just had a meeting the other night. It looks like it's going to be, you know, closer to five or 6,000 pounds next year with the plans they have. So, you know, it's given them momentum. It's given them validation, affirmation that this is a valuable ministry, which helps to feed uh, people who are hungry in our city. Um, And uh, another project that we've got involved in is Indwell, which provides uh, low-income housing, affordable housing for people. And uh, our local camp, Camp Kimokee, the Food Grains Bank has been very important to our people. Uh, We're currently helping another refugee family. Uh, That has been a real growing experience for a number of people. yeah um we have another number of missions that we're involved in and uh it's it's kind of neat because you know one thing will speak to one group of people and another thing speaks to you know like we have people who are involved in adult book studies and uh, questions around uh, theology we're actually starting a a book study tomorrow, a Bible study on Advent by the Jewish New Testament scholar Amy Chilaven, and um, so many people are. We've got like over twenty people signed up for that study now, and um, uh, it's it's quite exciting. They're they're really interested. They want to go back and look at uh, the Gospels of of Matthew and Luke and learn. You know, they know the stories, but they want to study them in their historical and cultural context. Mm. And and they're asking, you know, okay, so what do these stories mean for the living out of my faith now? And then we have others who are involved in prayer circles, um, meditation, uh, working on issues around mental health around um living with family or children with disabilities uh, we've got a number of workshops coming up and uh, we have had in the past drum circles labyrinth walks mm-hmm. healing in the arts um, so i think you know in the church of of today there are multiple entry points for people and um so we ha- we have to be able to uh, respond to the the various um, various ways that people may come to Christ, mm-hmm. uh, and some, of course, come through the music. A lot, of course, come through music. Uh, and that's a powerful ministry. But we're we're seeing um, we're seeing uh, people explore other ways too to, to mm-hmm. connect. Mhm mm-hmm. um, Faith, and I think there have to be
0: multiple entries, absolutely. yeah, absolutely beautiful, well, so thank you and and the work you're doing is focused on boomers which, which is which is which is um amazing, but what you describe is interesting to me, um seems to me describe the next generation a little bit as well when you talk about going back to talking about looking for purpose and what's my identity, and who am I, what am I called to do? what's my life about like these big life questions? but then also I don't want to just go to church. Like I want to be the church. I want to, I don't, just, I don't just want to talk about it. I want to live it out. Like I want to, I want this to impact like stuff I'm reading on millennials is I don't want to impact like like a, an hour on a Sunday. I want this, to, if, I, if I'm going to be in, I want this to impact. I know it's going to impact my whole life, which the gospel does actually. It's, it's, as you say, it's a perfect setup. The, the God has given us this good news that really can answer these questions for people and bring the kind of life. They're actually looking for. But what strikes me as interesting is not only is it for boomers, but it seems to me to very much describe the next generation as well. And Ellie, yeah, what's your sense of that? And it's you're not, you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, when mom was talking about what boomers are looking for, all of those things are what millennials are looking yeah. for too. And and I remember when I was graduating from university, this is about 10, 12 years ago. Um, And there were a lot of articles online because millennials were coming into their own millennials were entering the workforce and millennials were taking the jobs by storm. And, and what were we looking for? We weren't looking for, and I'm just speaking about this in the career sense. We weren't looking for just your average nine to five things that matter to us for things like corporate social responsibility. So mm-hmm. what are the values of the company that we work for? Yeah. Um, how can we make a difference? We really care about the environment. Yeah. We really care about social justice, about helping people who are marginalized. Mm-hmm. Mental health is very important to millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of the things that mom was saying, boomers are looking for in a church. Those are the things that my generation and the generation after me are, are looking for as well. And I think we do ourselves sometimes a disservice. Um, It is sometimes helpful Mm -hmm. to categorize people by age Mm -hmm. um, because there are differences and there are things that only your peers will understand or be able to relate to. But I think we do ourselves a disservice when as a young person, we write off the experiences Mm -hmm. of an older person or vice versa. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot we can learn from each other. And I think we will accomplish a lot more Mm -hmm. by working together. it's sometimes just a matter of figuring out how to communicate mm-hmm. um, or to see things from each other's perspective. But ultimately, I think a lot of us are looking for the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which mm-hmm. I think is one of the unique things about the church because the church can be an eclectic mix of people of of a variety of places, cultures, but also ages and stages. And I go back to you know when we started talking about mother daughter relationship and how you just have you can need to learn and grow so much from each other as as different generational leaders um, and followers of, of Christ, of people of faith. It's, it's, it's cool. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to say thanks to both of you. Thanks Sheila. And thanks Sally for being a part of this conversation. You've reminded me and hopefully others today that the gospel really is good news and that it's good news for all ages, for all people that God can give us a purpose and a sense of identity. That's, that's, that's greater than just ourselves. what We can have
2: on our own to be part of something really special, bringing transformation to the world. Yeah. You touched on something really important, Jamie, um, when you said that, you know, the church is an eclectic body. Yeah. I think it's also the only f- truly intergenerational, yep. isn't it? You know, where children and, and adults of all ages and all abilities, color, um, you know, orientation, all these things yeah. are all welcome, all all people are welcome in the family of God. And so a lot of things that we do are are very segregated, aren't they? But this is this is where we can at least aspire, I think we should aspire to become a truly inclusive uh, church. And the, the church is open to all generations. And yeah. we're all seeking those, like you say, fundamental answers um to, yeah. you know, what are we here for? Exactly. I just want to share yep. one thing, and that is Rabbi Richard Address, who um, uh, was the founder, founder of Jewish Sacred Aging. He spoke at our church at a special conference on Saturday, and he said the number one question for boomers was um, what am I going to do with the rest of my life when I cannot control what happens in the rest of my life? Mm. But I mean, really, that's a, a question for all ages, isn't it? Yeah. And oh, sure. and where is God calling me to serve? Yeah. Uh, in my life.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, Amen. It's it's it is strikes me as as so powerful that the, this is the questions we're all asking, <laughs> and and is one of the greatest gifts of the church. I I would say one of the greatest challenges too. How do we as different generations? not only get along, but but really do serve, grow, live together, follow Jesus together in our context as as churches. But the more we live out the gospel, like the more we get out of ourselves and be for others, there's and I see that. I see that in in our most faithful um, people who are of the older generations. The, the, there's a, there's a gratitude that, that young people are coming to faith and growing in Christ. And I see the most faithful, like next generation people as well. I want to learn and grow from people who are older than me and have been, you know, uh, uh, have some experiences that maybe I don't have. And I can also bring value to those relationships as well. Like that's, it's, it's good. Oh my gosh. Well, and and what we see in the two of you, I kind of like, just, I think, Really brings that to to fruition. Like we see that, you hear that in your story, and I, I think my prayer is going to be that more and more people and the church can be a, a way that that happens. Experiences what what you, Sheila and Allie, have experienced as mother daughters, people who love and respect and honor and are growing in Christ um, through each other. You know, yeah, awesome. Well, hey, let me let me close with a prayer. But thanks again, Sheila and Allie, for being a part of the Good News Podcast today. Yeah,
2: for sure. well, thank you for being in our lives, Jamie. It's um, made.
0: So, thank you. God oh, bless. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure, a joy. Yeah, let's pray. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, we, we, we're filled with gratitude for what we've heard today, what we've reflected on and celebrated. Thank you for uh, Ali, Ali and Sheila and, and the, the beautiful relationship that, that they share for the love and respect and, and um, openness. May we all follow you with that same sense of of humility of of desire to grow to to learn from from each other and thank you for the gospel for the good news that that when we and and all people are are looking for purpose for identity for who we are for who we can become for making a difference in 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 this world for living in a way that that really has impact and and as i'm saying the 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 gospel is an invitation to live that way and to do it together. So we just entrust this all to you and can't wait to see what you're going to do as we more and more open up ourselves to that, to you, to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you again, Sheila and Ali, And thank you everyone else for joining us for the Good News Podcast. Great to be with you today. And uh, thanks for joining on this very important and inspiring conversation. Oh my goodness! I could have spent all day long, every day, with those two. Uh, both so positive, so so encouraging, so so faithful. Articulate. You you could see why Allie is who she is. Her mom is just like that, or she's just like that. And I know I know Allie's dad is pretty impressive and amazing as well. So shout out to him. But wow, what a, what a beautiful relationship that they share. And you can just see the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, man. What I was really excited about and, and kind of almost, maybe not surprised, but definitely inspired by, is the fact that it's not just boomers and it's not just the next generation, millennials, whatever generation, it seems like everybody, whatever their age, is looking for things like purpose and and their identity, who, who we are, who we're going to be, what our life is gonna be all about. And so maybe that's a human thing and that's a good thing. And that's why good news is that everyone God has a purpose for everyone, regardless of their age and stage in life. So take that away, friends. Uh, Thanks for being a part of the Good News family. Please follow us, Good News is Jamie Holtham. And I can't wait to be with you again next week. Next week, we're going to start a December series, Christmas tradition. We're going to sit down with the Holtham family and other families after that and just really hear what makes Christmas, Christmas. Hope you can join us. It's going to be very interesting. God bless you, friends.